It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Well, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. I want to thank you for checking this show out. If it's your first time, well, welcome in. We're going to talk a lot of entertainment news and notes, do a little roundup. If you're returning, well, welcome back. No, I took last week off after saying that I had something planned, but as I talked about last week when we really remembered Norm MacDonald here on the show, or I guess two weeks ago now, as I mentioned, was going to Halloween Horror Nights this past week, wanted to get something out, but time management-wise, didn't do the best of jobs, so unfortunately, I did not have that pre-recorded to have uh, a delayed release for you all last week, but uh, hopefully you checked out the Norm MacDonald show, hopefully you went back and maybe listened to the AwesomeCon review that I did when AwesomeCon was in Washington, D.C., and William Shatner was there, and I mentioned William Shatner because we'll actually talk about William Shatner a little bit later on on this episode. He's back in the news, but did want to start the week off again by saying that you can, of course, like this show wherever you're listening right now. We're on all streaming platforms. If you're listening on iTunes uh, through Apple Podcasts, I guess that's really what it's called. I'm I'm so old school now that I still remember it as iTunes, but that's I remember I, Apple went off and did their own thing. They created the podcast, the music, all that stuff. So if you listen on Apple Podcast, well, you can rate and review the show and give it a little five star review if you like the program. I know I saw I got uh, a comment from Zach Hilton who gave it a five star review. Zach, my buddy over there at Haunters Podcast, and. Last week I was out uh, because of Halloween Horror Nights going on that trip with Haunters Podcast and a lot of great listeners, uh, Chad and his wife Michelle, Review It Rob from the Review It Rob show, uh, Haunters on the Street, Jason and Kate, plus so many other fabulous people that came along for the ride and actually going to do a full review of Halloween Horror Nights over on that show uh, so you can listen to Haunters Podcast. We dropped Thrill Me Friday episodes We'll have the full breakdown, full review uh, over on every streaming platform but Apple. Uh, So Spotify is the main one you can check that show out on. That's going to drop later this week. But a few quick thoughts on the Halloween Horror Nights trip this past year. The reason why uh, there was no episode last week and there's that little gap. What a fabulous time. This was the first year that it did multiple nights in the park. uh, And it really, I think, made this trip... Uh, just super memorable. Uh, the crowd I was with as well, they were fabulous. Uh, the The attraction in and of itself is always a, a smashing success, but something about this year, the 30th anniversary of it, the crowds being there, it, it really worked and was just an absolute blast. The houses, incredible. The scare zones, wonderful. I'm now a pass holder for at least the next year, but I think I'll just continue that because let's be real, from this point forward, I want to do the multiple nights because a big part of the trip that I really enjoyed while I went mainly for Halloween Horror Nights, I also obviously went to have the vacation to Florida to enjoy Universal Studios as a whole. And now being a pass holder, that's pretty cool because I loved the idea of staying on property and while being on that property, being able to just wake up and casually stroll on over, either walk on over to city walk and then go, do I want to go into the main park or do I want to do 
island? Like, where do I want to go? Do I do 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 I want to do the Jurassic Park stuff in Jurassic World? Do I maybe want to go do Jimmy Fallon right now? And because yes, I did Jimmy Fallon or Ride ET, which I did multiple times. Definitely made my pass holder status worth it for the amount of times I got on the ET ride because I'm I'm a stand for ET man. I am a mark for that ET ride. It is one of the few rides I remember from doing West Coast Universal, the Hollywood Universal Studios, because I always forgot for the longest time until after I did the first HHN trip and was like, man, Universal, what a blast. And then I started piecing together, oh yeah, when I was very young, like seven or eight, I think I was seven at the time, I might have been six at the time, my brother got, my oldest brother got married in California and he went to Southern California, USC, so they got married out there. So in the lead up to the wedding, did a bunch of different theme parks. Like I remember going to Knoxbury Farm for all those years because I had I had a little I got a caricature of me, little hockey caricature of me from Knoxbury. So I, I have that that's marked. But I didn't have anything from Universal because the Universal trip, it rained. I took a trip to California and it never rains in tra- California. And, and Jimmy, if you're listening, you're, you're going to get a kick out of this because, it, it, you know, you're from there. It never rains in California. The trip I went on, I remember it rained every single day but the day my brother got married. That was the only sunny day in California. Oh, and when we were leaving the next day. So, yeah, it, it rained my entire California trip, uh, even walking the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I remember... It started raining on us, but we were like, you know what? Screw it. Really, my parents were like, oh, we got to do this for the youngest one because the youngest one never got to do this. We didn't take him for the graduation. We we let him, we we stuck him in in New Jersey with with his family, which that was a fun experience in and of itself. I have fond memories of that. More so than I did of going to Universal in California. I have fond memories of not going to my brother's graduation. Uh, but yeah, so that trip was was fun, but it did rain every day. It even rained on us when we were at Knoxbury's farm, because I, I remember, th- I, I remember having the thought as a child of, oh no, they're going to close the roller coasters because it's raining in California and they're not prepared for rain on roller coasters. Uh, but it didn't rain that long. Uh, it, it was like an on and off type thing. Uh, one, one of those Florida rainstorm style days, but uh, all in all, I loved having that option as a pass holder circling back to this trip in and of itself, not not the down memory lane, but being a pass holder, super cool. Uh, I, I want to make some plans now to go back in March. Unfortunately, my girlfriend couldn't do the Halloween Horror Nights trip just because of her job, but she's got some time off towards the end of March, so fingers crossed that time doesn't get, you know, rearranged and dates changed and stuff like that. But with Mardi Gras, uh, you know, I figured that's a perfect go to the park, spend a few days there, introduce her to Universal Studios as a pass holder because, again, just that option to go into the park, leave the park, go back into the park, leave the park, kind of pick and choose. Like, my last day there, everybody in the room was, uh, to be fair, to be far, if I had simply just hung out for another five minutes, I would have been able to make a plan with people, but I got really antsy because I had been up for two hours. I listened to all the entire episode of 
Talk is Jericho, uh, one of his interviews, like I was getting a little antsy. So I just kind of threw on my stuff and went into, went to city walk and was like, I'm going to go to city walk and see how I'm feeling. And once I got the city walk, walked into the park, rode Velocicoaster for the second time on the trip. Then I got a text from a couple people and it was like, we're going to come to the park and we're going to ride Velocicoaster one more time. We know you're hanging out over there somewhere. Come meet us there. And I was like, hey, I'm actually getting on the river raft ride now for Jurassic Park. So I'll be off this within five, 10 minutes. See you over at Velocicoaster. So got to do some things in the park. Just that option to go walk in and walk out really, I think, made this trip. It's part of what played into this trip being so awesome was having a regiment, having a plan, but also being able to divert from the plan at times and and even having the, uh, you know, the multiple nights being able to go into HHN and out of HHN as well. Uh, again, the last night there, I kind of like, I started getting the FOMO. I started getting the, oh no, the you know, the trip's coming to an end. I want to really do the Beetlejuice house one more time. You know, sorry, Rob, it, I was a little vodka's deep, so it came across a little bit meaner than it was intended to be. But everybody was going to play mini golf, and I was like, I, I internally, my FOMO kicked in of, I don't know, because the original plan wasn't to go through the Beetlejuice house again that night. So I didn't think there would be time to go through the Beetlejuice house again. I saw one hour gap between friends going off to play mini golf and me going back into Horror Nights to do the house, a house that I really would like to do one more time just to kind of get the aesthetic to see it again. Like, so, uh, you know, having those options on this trip made this trip so cool. But uh, again, that's just quick thoughts uh, for some of you. I know you're going to check out the full review, so I'll save all my thoughts on houses, everything else. But that's just kind of the quick pass holder aspect of it. Uh, But now let's look back on what's kind of been going down in the news. Uh, Now, we're not going to look at the last two weeks but we're going to start the rundown today with uh, Jennifer Tilly, actually, in the Chucky series. Uh, Rob's probably talked about this as well. I actually shot him this because this came from page six of the New York Post. And while at Halloween Horror Nights, Chucky was featured. Uh, and the new series is going to be on Sci-Fi, USA, USA, Universal, NBC, all that good stuff. So uh, Chucky, though, we we come to find out Jennifer Quilly, uh, Jennifer Quilly, Jennifer Tilly, uh, didn't really want to be Tiffany in Bride of Chucky. She even fought her agent. So it it turned out that she had no interest in being a part of the Chucky franchise. And it's wild to hear her say that because of the fact that for me, you know, I, I can't imagine somebody else being Tiffany, but she did say that when she got offered the script, it was like it, her reaction was a Chucky movie. I'm not doing a Chucky movie. She had just come off of Bullets Over Broadway, which was an Oscar nomination. So she thought she was going to be more like a Dame Judy Dench or something like that. And getting offered a Chucky role just didn't seem like the smart move. But she says that eventually she changed her mind. Thankfully, we know that happened. Uh, besides the pay, which I guess was pretty hefty for her, she said that the script writing actually caught her attention. She thought it was funny, witty, very poignant as well. Plus, the director was Ronnie Yu from Hong Kong, uh, and she was very interested in working with him. Uh, you know, so, and we all know Ronnie 
uh, you went on to uh, eventually make Freddy versus Jason, one of my favorite nightmare films and Friday the 13th films. But yeah, she she felt like, you know, it really was kind of a below her type thing, especially coming off of a big movie. And I get that. You know, I, I get that. And, and I but I do remember as well when she popped up in that film, it did give that movie a little bit of a oomph because I remember she was a big sell of that was we got Jennifer Tilly to be in this movie and in this franchise because you got to remember this is the fourth Chucky film. We're coming off of Chucky three, which not exactly one of the best films. Sorry. You know, it's just if you like Chucky three, great. But after the first one, the second one, that third one is very what? And then you get the fourth one. So, you know, you're coming off of the what one, and now you have Jennifer Tilly, a big name coming in, and she did it, and she's gone on. She's done four of the movies now, uh, but this obviously making the news because, again, uh, as I mentioned, big promotion of the new Chucky series coming to Sci-Fi October 21st, and I'm really excited for that series. Um, I do enjoy the Chucky stuff, always have, always will. Uh, my thoughts on Chucky 3, though, will always remain the same. I, I I I had my first kiss experience following going to see Seed of Chucky. Yeah, that's right. Had my first mouth-on-mouth kiss with my girlfriend at the time following Seed of Chucky double date night. Me and my friend went with our dates in his minivan to the AMC out there on Long Island. Saw Seed of Chucky afterwards. It got the girls all worked up and we did the makeout session in the minivan. <laughs> it was uh, it was good time, yes. Uh, so yeah, like I have fond memories of the Chucky films. Uh, I like the Chucky films. I love the last two Chucky movies that have come out. The more direct-to-video ones, I, I think that Don Mancini has done a wonderful job at really telling this interesting story over all these films. So I'm excited to see where the series goes because that's playing into the film franchise and all of that kind of lore and everything that's been going on with that. So uh, very excited for that. I'm very excited again to uh, really see what happens with this Chucky series. But yeah, happy as well. Jennifer Tilly coming back and happy to know that she uh, did not turn down the movie uh, and her agent thankfully got her to sign on. So another movie that is getting ready to come out is Daniel Craig's last run as James Bond, No Time to Die. Some of the first reactions starting to hit, saying that it's a great film, uh, wonderful farewell, fantastic conclusion for Daniel Craig, all that good stuff. But Craig and the team starting to make the rounds. And the story that caught my eye was uh, Daniel Craig admitted that he actually broke Dave Bautista's nose while filming the Spectre movie, he was talking on the Graham Norton show about filming one of the fight sequences and how he just punched Dave Batista in the face and then took off running because he realized he just broke the nose of a professional wrestler and it's Dave Batista of all people. But he ended up, Batista was pretty cool about it. But yeah, Daniel Craig, James Bond himself, actually broke the nose of Dave Batista. Uh, and it, it, you know, it's not the first time this has happened. He's not the only guy accidentally socket to his co-star. I, I think one of the more famous ones as well, 
uh, you know, is the Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling mean right hook while filming Blade Runner 2049 back in 2017. You can see the image on the internet, uh, Gosling with the uh, what just happened, goofy grimace and Harrison Ford's look of uh oh <laughs> like which is kind of funny to see Harrison Ford doing the uh oh cuz i imagine it was more of a uh uh i think i just broke Ryan Gosling's face what if broke Gosling's face that's Harrison Ford so accidents happen on set even when you're an a-list actor but a fun little story as uh we get ready to bid farewell to Daniel Craig as our James Bond. Now, a name that keeps popping up as a potential replacement for Bond is that of Idris Elba, and he actually has a new movie on the horizon. In fact, the trailer just dropped for the Netflix film, The Harder They Fall, and a little revenge, a little Western, a little Netflix action, and I gotta say, this second trailer uh, for this black Western that is sporting just the most all-star cast to die for looks so fun and incredible. So if you're not aware of this movie, the official synopsis for The Harder They Fall is when outlaw Nate Love, Jonathan Majors, discovers that his enemy, Rufus Buck, Idris Elba, is being released from prison he rounds up his gang to track Rufus down and seek revenge. Those riding with him in the assured, righteously new school western include his former love stagecoat Mary, Zaza, uh, Zazie Beats, uh, his right and left hand men, hot-tempered Bill Peckett, and fast-drawing Jim Beckworth, and a surprisingly uh, and a surprising advisory turned ally. Rufus Buck has his own fearsome crew, including his treacherous uh, Trudy Smith, Regina King, and Cherokee Bill, Lakeith Stanfield, and they are not a group that knows how to lose. So, again, like I mentioned, all-star cast, but this new trailer just really throws that, at least indicates to me that this is going to be uh, one badass absolute delight, just spaghetti western shootouts betrayals it has the makings for everything that is just fun that makes movies fun and it's going to be hitting select theaters october 22nd and then netflix on november 3rd while also making its world premiere at the bfi london film festival uh, in just about a week october 6th so this is a movie that it's not just getting the direct to Netflix release or a day and date release. It's getting the Army of the Dead release where it's going to get its run in theaters and it's getting its premiere. Like this is a film that to me, I feel like Netflix has some faith in to give it a theatrical run for a week in which they're possibly thinking some type of Academy Award. They're possibly thinking, I mean, that's it's a lot Listen, I'm thinking long shot here, but the fact that they're going to do the one one week run in theaters, I expect New York, L.A. and Chicago are going to be three of those places. And then it's going to be other select cities, because as long as they have that one week run, they can then submit this film to the Academy for 2021. So it might to me, that screams this is a movie that they have faith in uh, and then it will hit Netflix. So 
seeing the trailer, seeing the release schedule, uh, it makes me even more excited for this film. I already was excited. I love uh, revisionist history. I love stuff like that. I love I love black exploitation films from the seventies. So I, I, it looks like one of those really fun, really just what a movie should be what a movie needs to be and and uh i'm super stoked on this can't wait to see this hit uh theaters because it's it's one that if it comes to a theater near me i'm going to make the attempt to try and see this in theaters if possible uh some other netflix news a little extraction two. everything that uh, at least i know so far is that the sequel is likely to as well receive a small theatrical release in limited cities Uh, Like the first movie, Extraction 2, primarily be available to watch on Netflix. No official release date date yet announced, but the end of the recent teaser trailer proclaimed that the film would be coming soon. Now, in that teaser trailer, uh, it's really just some clips from the first film and then a brief moment that indicates the sequel's coming. Not trying to give too many specifics. Uh, I know some people might not have seen the trailer it might be like dude that's a spoiler and i try to keep things spoiler free 100 percent. you will if we do spoilers it will be its own standalone thing which with some awesome movies on the horizon we might start doing the spoiler reviews especially with things like venom coming out and stuff like that so I might just do standalone spoiler episodes so that when you do eventually see those things we can have the full uh full discussion about it but Extraction 2 seems like uh, Tyler Rake is coming back. That's Chris Hemsworth. So, <laughs> no, I just went through the spoiler spoiler thing, and it's like, seems like Hemsworth's coming back. But it, it, that's really what it seems like, and that's kind of the indication we're at. I liked that first film. I'm okay with the sequel. I know where the first film ended, but, you know, hey, whatever. We We all, we all knew this was getting a sequel if it was a hit. Come on, let's be real. And we've all accepted crazier things before. So, come on. Let's move on. And speaking of moving on, Cobra Kai Season 4, they dropped a quick little trailer and announced that the fourth season is going to be coming on New Year's Eve. So, make those New Year's Eve plans, throw those Cobra Kai parties. I'm super stoked on this. I'm ready for Cobra Kai to come back. Uh, And knowing that there's going to be a fifth season to me that to me that feels like it's one of those potential they have an end game in sight especially cuz they uh, they've now talked about how there are plans in the works to have an extended cobra kai universe which makes sense you don't need to just stick with these characters you have a formula you know it works you could take it to different cities you can do different things uh, it doesn't just need to be johnny uh, and Kreese and Danielson. It doesn't just need to be their kids and all of that in the next generation. Uh, and, you know, like literally you could do the next generation and move it on to other areas. Like bring it. That's how you can bring a Hillary Swank back. Just saying. There, and then there's still a tie in to Mr. Miyagi, but it is its own thing. So you can do things like that, like have her somewhere off in, in central Florida or New York or Probably New York, I'd say. Put her like somewhere in New York, maybe like the Catskills or something like that. A quiet New York town. Uh, now I'm just stealing Dirty Dancing. But they've talked about an extended universe, so I feel like 
heading into this season, knowing there's a season five, that this season is going to be a real big setup for season five and potentially could be leading to the conclusion of the overall Karate Kid continued Daniel's son, uh, Johnny and Daniel's long-running beef, uh, and that overall arc of the first three Karate Kid films. So I guess we'll see. But again, that's that's just a little speculation, but I feel like that could be a place where we're going. Uh, and that's all the reasons why, you know, knowing season five is already in the works that I feel like there was a pitch, especially doing, during the COVID year. Everybody had a little more time, uh, just like uh, the crew behind Stranger Things. The Duffer Brothers had a little extra time and they got that extra time to work harder on the season four scripts. And we actually got our first peek at season four well i guess not a first peak but the first real extended peak of season four as the full teaser trailer dropped a little 90 second teaser uh that indicates i i really don't know what to think of because we see uh a flashback to the 1950s where a family of four moves into a stately home uh, then a follows a set of increasingly disturbing events before moving forward to the show's 80s setting as we see Dustin, Steve, and the rest of the crew break into the house in search of something. Uh, then we see the clock and the clock kind of cracks and all that stuff. So it really doesn't expose a lot, but I'm in, man. Let's be real. I'm in. And, and we also got some new cast members uh, and some pictures of them as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a uh, friend of Haunter's podcast, Robert England, the horror movie legend himself, come in. He's going to be playing Victor Creel, and he's described as a disturbed, intimidating man who was imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital after a gruesome murder in the 1950s. Uh, and he's just one of several new cast members this season. But... I'm in, I'm very, they, they, they've, they've been, listen, they've been talking about Sean Levy, director, by the way, of Free Guy. Yes, that's Sean Levy, the executive producer of the show. He said that season four is by far their most ambitious cinematic sprawling and epic season that they've ever gone for by a lot. So I guess we'll see. But again, that teaser, really at this point, you could probably just put poop in a bag or something like that and be like, here's Stranger Things. Do you like it? Yes. Yes, I do. I love it. I'm excited for it. Uh, because that's just a franchise, man, that take my money. Take my money. Uh, some news on the Wedding Crashers 2 front. Yeah, you probably didn't expect that one today, but it looks like Wedding Crashers 2 has been delayed. Uh, and this has everything to do with Owen Wilson committing to doing Disney's new Haunted Mansion movie. Uh, you can't blame Owen. His Disney deal happened right before the final Wedding Crashers 2 script came in. So Owen, Vince, Vaughn, Rachel McAdams, and uh, Isla Fisher, along with the original director, all set to return. Uh, And since there was enough interest and there's a script, maybe there's some hope for the future, but it appears Disney has prevented Wedding Crashers 2. And uh, this is going to be one of the few times I say thank you to the Mouse House. I'm not going to lie. I do not think, I do not think we needed that. We don't need a Wedding Crashers 2. We don't. I'm sorry if you're excited for it, 
but trust me, it, it is going to be dumb and dumber 20 years later. It is not what you want. You think you want it. It sounds good, but you do not want it. Trust me, you do not want that movie. You just don't. Moving on, something else you probably don't want is The Conjuring House. Yes, the house that actually inspired The Conjuring movie. The farmhouse is up for sale right now. Uh, If you have $1.2 million hanging around and you love spooky stuff, that is definitely where you can drop that $1.2 million. Uh, and, And here's the thing. The house very much still haunted, okay? You know the story of The Conjuring. You, you think it came to an end. No, 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 no. Back in 1971, the real life Ed and Lorraine Warren, they were called into the Perrin family home and they homed it and they owned it and all that stuff and determined that the land to be cursed by a witch. All that's true. But there have been many owners since then. There's a reason the Perrin family does not still live there or own that place. And the current owners, Jen and Corey Heinzen, they purchased the property in 2019, chose to inhabit just one downstairs room for the first four months as a way to respect the space of the spirits in the house. Corey went on to say it was a sign of respect for the spirits, letting them get used to them instead of barging in. Perhaps someone should have given a little advice uh, to the Dietz family when they moved into the Maitland farmhouse uh, and, and would pretty much need to call Beetlejuice. Uh, Heinz noted that a full-bodied apparition was creeping on them after they moved in. Seemed less malicious, more curious. Uh, Since the initial interaction, though, the Heinzes have noted multiple paranormal connections, have built a bit of a side business renting the property out to paranormal investigators. I know I watched the episode of Ghost Adventures when they did it, uh, and they went into the house, but they're currently booking paranormal investigations through 2022, but they are trying to sell the house. So yeah, you can buy the house if you're interested, but uh, best of luck to you if you decide to go that route in the near future and move into uh, a famous house for super duper hauntings. Uh, and final bit of news today, I mentioned William Shatner at the beginning of the show. Uh, Well, he's going to finally get to head into space. In fact, he's going to get on Jeff Bezos' giant phallus-shaped device in orbit next month. Uh, He'll film his flight aboard the Blue Origin rocket for a documentary. At 90 years old, that's going to make him the oldest person ever to go to space. The previous record was set back in July when 82-year-old Wally Funk rode Bezos' giant phallic-shaped ship into space. Um, obviously, as a Star Trek fan, this is pretty cool. I mean, listen, we, we can all make the jokes. But I do want to point out another interesting angle, all right? So, yes, it is the Star Trek angle. He's going to go where no man has gone before at his age, blah, 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 blah. But let's point out another thing. William Shatner is now going to be the first WWE Hall of Famer to enter space. That's right. William Shatner will be WWE Hall of Famer in space. And this comes at a time as well where many of us are calling on The Rock to run for president. So we could have a future WWE Hall of Famer as our president. 
And coming off the heels of having a former WWE, or I guess he still is, having a, a former president who is a WWE Hall of Famer. So yeah, um, boom, yeah, let's do it. WWE all over the place. What up? Yeah. So uh, that's the angle. Tell all your friends. Whereas they're making the Star Trek jokes, be like, you know what though? William Chatner, the only WWE Hall of Famer to ride into space. Uh Take that, Trekkies. What up? Uh, so yeah, William Shatner heading to space. Your move, Harrison Ford. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out again. Uh, it's so much fun to do the show. So happy to be back. Definitely, again, if you want to hear my thoughts, full thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights, uh, the scare zones, the houses, full details, all that stuff. Haunters Podcast is the show you can check out. Spotify, Amazon, all platforms, but Apple. Uh, this show right here, the Mr. Wonderful Show, if you are listening to it on Apple, give it a little rate, little review. Help us uh, boost up in the entertainment world. Uh, also, you can listen everywhere, but definitely hit the follow button. Click. That was you hitting the follow button. That click. Uh, thank you again. Uh, take care, everybody. 